0: a very happy easter everybody and great great to be here again today is the day we commemorate resurrection sunday we don't only remember that jesus suffered for our sins and died for our sins but he's been raised from the dead and he is he is alive and he's the life giver and he is life and we celebrate that fact that he is alive today so it's it's great to be here Let me start off with a story. Um, Last year, I was preaching in New Zealand. And while I was there, I heard a remarkable story about this young man. He was telling me his story. He was an islander. He was born, I can't remember what island it was. It was either Samoa or Tonga. And when he was 16 years of age, his mother told him that he was the product of a rape. And when he found out that he was a product of a rape, he had no desire to live any longer he just wanted to die he just had no sense of identity and then he began to hear about this racist group uh, called black power in new zealand and he was just about to join them because he was so angry he had no hope no expectation about the future and he was just about to join them and one night he was in a cafe and uh, a young white woman walked up to him and began to tell him about jesus well, he was angry and he began to swear at her and tell her to go away. But she was really persistent and she just kept telling him, Jesus loves you and has a plan for your life. And he said, on the outside, he said, I was angry. I was swearing at her. He said, but something was happening on the inside. He said, her words were impacting me in a powerful way. And she just kept adding him, just telling him about the love of Jesus. And after a while, he, just, he had to walk away. And he went away to a phone booth. Anybody remember phone booths? And he went to a phone booth pretending he had to make a call. But inside there he started to cry because of the words that this, this young girl was saying to him so impacted him that he went in there and just cried. And when, when he came back out again, she kept at him, just telling him about the love of Jesus and how that Jesus had a plan for his life. And there right there in that cafe, on that day, that young man gave his life to Jesus. And his life was radically changed. And now he's about to become a missionary to one of the Pacific Islands, which is incredible. All because a young little white lady walked up to him and said, Jesus loves you. And that's what I want to talk about today on this Resurrection Sunday. That, that, that like that young lady, we are, we are called to be people who tell people about Jesus. And I want to talk today about how we can do that. Let me just read a couple of scriptures to you. One, The first one is found in Luke chapter 24, verses 45 to 49. And it reads like this. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. And he told them, this is what is written, that Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you be clothed with power from on high. And when he led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. And then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple, praising God." But the verse I want to bring out of there is verse number 48 that says you are witnesses of these things. Now if you add to that the corresponding account in Acts 1 verses 6 to 8 it reads there. So when they met together they asked him Lord are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them it is not for you to know the times and dates the father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in, Judea, in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. When Jesus suffered and when he died, the world radically changed. The power, and the power of sin had been broken and the price for sin had been paid. The world was now a completely different place. But nobody knew. And in these verses, Jesus explained how he wanted this good news about who he was to be taken to the whole world. He wanted everyone who put their faith in him, who believes in him, to be a spirit-empowered witness of the good news to their community, to their city, and nation and nations. But what does it mean to be a witness to the fact that Jesus has been raised from the dead? And often when we speak about sharing our faith, it brings notions of guilt or shame or fear inside of our hearts. So what I want to do is try and demystify that and have a look at what it means to be a witness to the resurrection. So my title today is Witness to the Resurrection. Let me give you another story. Back when I was a long-haired, dark-haired youth pastor in the early 1990s, one day, why do people laugh at that? One day I I was sitting in my office... And I was staring out the window. I was thinking about some Bible study, staring out the window. And outside was this beautiful late model Mercedes. It was a late model in the early 1990s. And I liked nice cars, and I was looking at this car. When I looked at it, I noticed this young guy standing beside it with a hoodie on. And I thought he was doing exercises. I, he was just doing this. I found out later he had a spark plug between his fingers. And all of a sudden he went, smash! into the side window of that car and he reached in and grabbed a phone and a wallet and he began to run away instinctively i got up out of my seat and began to run down the corridor i got our music pastor i said come carl i've just seen a burglary and we went running after this young guy in hindsight i don't know what i was thinking but the two of us are running after this young guy, and the youth pastor, the, sorry, the, the worship pastor was a bit younger than me and a bit fitter than me, so he just went up, up like this. And the young guy went right up to the end of the street and he turned left. And so I took a shortcut across because I, I kind of thought where, where he was going. And so I came across to the other side, and this young guy hid behind some trees, and our worship pastor couldn't find him. And then the mobile stolen phone rang. It rang while this guy was crouched down behind some trees. And so the worship pastor found him. And so this young guy quickly climbed the fence and jumped over the fence and jumped down right in front of me. And at that moment, my mind said, Well, what do you got to do now? And so I, I braced myself in a rugby position, ready to tackle this guy. And he looked at me and he looked at the worship pastor who was jumping over the fence. And he, he, he just held out the phone. He said, I'm so sorry. He said, my girlfriend is pregnant. We have no money. I needed to, to, to steal some money to be able to buy some food for her. And then we felt sorry for him. But we grabbed him and we took him back to the church because the crime had been committed. We needed to call the police. We got our youth pastor and we said, look after him. We're going to call the police. While we were gone, this young guy turned to our youth pastor and said, can I go to the toilet? And the youth pastor said, Sure it's just down the corridor on on the right hand side, so you can imagine what happened. This young guy just went boom he he bolted. But when the police came, I had to tell them about what I'd seen and I'd heard and experienced because I was a witness of something, and that's what it means to be a witness of Jesus. It means that we tell anybody and anybody what we have seen and what we have heard and what we have experienced about Jesus. We are sharing our first-hand knowledge about what Jesus has done in our life. In Acts 1, verse, verse number 21, when they were trying to find a replacement for Judas, it says there, It is necessary to choose one of the men who have been with us the whole time the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from John's baptism to the time when Jesus was taken up from us. For one of these must be a witness of his resurrection." And then in the book of 1 John, chapter 1, verse 2, it says, The life appeared, and we have seen it, and we testified to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and what we have heard. And so to witness in the New Testament usage of the language was to share our first-hand experience about what we had seen And heard and know about Jesus. But I ask again, what does it mean to be a witness to the resurrection of Jesus? Number one, the first thing is it means that we must exemplify our faith. If we are to be a witness to the fact that Jesus is alive, that means that we exemplify our faith, that we embody, that we exhibit to others what it means to be an authentic follower of Jesus. A number of years ago, I read a book, and the title of the book was, I Hate Witnessing. And I love the title, I Hate Witnessing. And in that book, the author, whose name was Dick Innes, uh, was referring to Acts 1 verse 8, where Jesus said, you shall be my witnesses. And he's, he's, he's oh, oh observation was really profound he said this Jesus did not say you will do witnessing Jesus said you shall be my witnesses and there's a very big difference between doing witnessing and being a witness being a witness is not just with our words but it's our life it is how we are living our life and friends I would hope that our life speaks louder than our words but sadly sometimes some Christians are living a life that is indistinguishable from those who do not know the Lord so today I'm calling you in the name of Jesus to radical living today I'm calling you to live a Christ-like life today I'm calling you to embody what it means to be an authentic follower of Jesus it is not just what we say but is how we are living our lives or as Dick Dick Dick, Dick Dickness also wrote, that witnessing is not our assignment; it is our identity. Let me say it again: that witnessing is not our assignment; it is our identity. It is not just what we do, but it is what we are. And that I pray that our life would speak louder than. Our words. And this means that in our workplace, as an employer, as an employee, as a parent, as a husband, as a wife, as a child, as a citizen, as as someone who's who's in a neighborhood, that our life would speak louder than our words. And if we are to bear witness of, of the reality that Jesus has been risen from the dead, we must embody and exemplify our faith. Number two. A, sec, a second way that, that we witness is by demonstrating our faith. A second aspect of witnessing is to show our faith, or in other words, to demonstrate our faith through acts of care, compassion, and mercy. We do what we can to show care, compassion, and mercy. Part of being a witness is to show the love of Jesus through practical expressions of love. Or in other words, it's not just a declaration, but a demonstration we demonstrate the love of Jesus. And this is, is really seen in the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus told his followers to be salt and light. In Matthew 5, verses 13 to 15, he told them to be salt and light. And in verse 16, right at the end, he said, In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and praise your Father in heaven. So what was Jesus trying to say here? The world is dark, but we are to be its light. The world is decaying, but we are to be the salt that hinders the decay in the world. And as Christians, we are to be morally and spiritually distinct from non-Christians But we are not to be socially segregated. On the contrary, Jesus told us that our light must shine into the darkness. Our salt must be rubbed into the decaying meat. For he said, the lamp is no good if it's hidden under your bed. The salt is no good if it's still in the salt shaker. Similarly, we are not to remain aloof and detached from the society around us, but we must become immersed in the lives of the people around about us that we let our light shine in such a way that people see the reality of who Jesus really is. That it's not just a declaration, and that's still important, But there is also a demonstration. And this means by being kind, being an encourager, being a caring person, being sensitive to people's feelings, being available, being loving, being compassionate, being open, being there to help people at the point of their need. Let me tell you a story. On the screen is a picture of one of the uh, many camps in northern uh, northern Jordan where Syrians have, have escaped to. It's a pretty rough conditions. And we have a number of our people who are working in camps like that. But the United Nations has said, you are not allowed to proselytize. You are not allowed to make disciples there. So our people are forbidden. But what they do is they go in there and they take food and they take clothing and they take other things To help people to show the love of jesus and often what the syrians say is this you're different they go you bring us food and you bring us clothes like all these other people do but you're different you love us you you actually care about us what is it that's different about you And our people up there are able to tell them about the love of Jesus. We are here because the love of Jesus motivates us. We are here because the love of Jesus compels us. And as a result of that, many thousands of Syrians have opened up their heart and given their life to Jesus. All because part of our witnessing is a sharing of our faith. I would suggest today it is Christian to care. Good news and good works are inseparable. The gospel has social implications. True witnessing must always be incarnational. Do you remember that time when there was a religious man who was an expert in Old Testament law, didn't want to take responsibility. And he came to Jesus and said, well, who is my neighbor? And in reply, Jesus gave what we know is the parable of the good Samaritan. And one of the lessons of that powerful parable is that compassion is more than a feeling. Compassion is more than sentiment. Compassion is love in action. Compassion is when we are moved enough to do something about what, what, about that, that person's condition. Like in, 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 in that parable in Luke 10, verse number th- 33, it says, When he, the Samaritan, saw him, he took pity on him. And then he put the wounded man on his donkey and bandaged and attended his wounds and paid for his recovery in the inn. He felt something and he did something. And if we are to bear witness to the resurrection of Jesus, we must not just feel compassion for people or feel indignant about the injustice in the world. We are called to do something. We are called to be light and we are called to be salt, to really make a difference in Jesus' name. And I remember the words of Jesus when he said, As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And as Jesus left all of heaven's glory and became a man, he was fully God but fully man, he came down to identify with us. As John Stott said, shouldn't the mission of the church be modelled on Christ's mission? And if it is, it'll mean for us as it was for him and entering into other people's lives. I pray that we would be an instrument of demonstrating the love of Jesus. Number three, a third thing that we can do to really demonstrate um, and be a witness to to the resurrection of Jesus is to defend or commend our faith. Part of our witnessing is commending or defending what we believe about the gospel or about the, 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 the word of God. And there are many people today who have misconceptions, who have objections, who have questions about what we believe about Jesus and what we believe about the Word of God. For example, questions like, well, if your God is a God of love, how, how, how come there's so much suffering in the world today? Or how do we know that Jesus is raised from the dead? How, you say the Bible's inspired. How do we know that? And so part of our witnessing sometimes is by engaging with them in conversation maybe many, many, many times to seek through rational, logical argument to persuade them about the validity of the gospel and the Christian faith. And our goal is to dismantle their wrong thinking and help them to see the reality of who Jesus is. This is technically what we call apologetics. And we get the term apologetics from one Peter three verse fifteen, where Peter wrote, "Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give you the reason for the hope that you have in Him." And so, part of our witnessing sometimes means defending our our our, our truth, defending our gospel, or commending it and helping people to see the reality of who, who He is. But please remember, our goal is not to win an argument. Our goal is not to be intellectually more uh, more precise than them and, and to dismantle them intellectually. I encourage you today, depend upon the power of the Holy Spirit, because the gospel is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. When you speak the word of the gospel, you are not speaking natural words, you are speaking supernatural words. And the Holy Spirit is able to go right into the heart and to bypass the intellect and to touch people's heart and illuminate. Illumine them that they may see Jesus and experience Him. We're not just there to win an argument. We are saying, Holy Spirit, illumine this person's heart. Let me tell you a story. Uh, a few years ago, I, when I was doing some po- postgraduate studies, actually many years ago, when I was doing, doing some studies, I had a brilliant theologian who was a teacher. And he was one of these people that had a photographic memory. You know, he was able to say, let's turn to Gordon Fee's book, God's Empowering Presence, page 256. And on the second paragraph, Gordon Fee says, and he would quote it verbatim, it made me sick. I don't even know what day it is half the time. And this this guy can quote great chunks out, out of books. But he told the story that he had a friend who was a very prominent surgeon in Melbourne. And over a period of years, he was talking to his surgeon friend about Jesus. At the end of two years, his surgeon friend said, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that through his vicarious death upon the cross, he takes away all of my sins. And I believe that if I will give my life to him, my life will be transformed. I will have a relationship with him. But he said, I will not give my life to Jesus in case jesus asks me to give up medicine and become a missionary so even though he intellectually understood the gospel probably even more so than many christians today because he understood the cost he wasn't prepared to give his life to jesus so even though you can be speaking to people and commending the gospel and defending the gospel, I encourage you to depend upon the power of the Holy Spirit because only He can quicken the human heart. Only He can convict of sin. Only He can, can, can convince somebody who, who Jesus is. Only He reveals who the Lord really is. But part of our witnessing is defending and commending the gospel. And number four, the last one, because I realize there's a soft sizzle and I can smell it and I'm hungry. Number four. Let's close in prayer. Number four. For that aspect of witnessing is to share our faith. So we've spoke about embodying our faith. We've spoken about demonstrating our faith. We've spoke about defending our faith. But four, and this is the most exciting one, sharing our faith. Proclaiming what we believe about Jesus. Witnessing involves, as the word suggests, testifying. Declaring to others about who Jesus is and what he's done in our hearts. Remember remember those scriptures that we spoke about at the start. Luke, Luke chapter 24, verse number 48. You are witnesses of these things. And Acts 1, verse 8. You will be my witnesses. But what were they witnesses of? Well, the disciples had witnessed many things about Jesus' life and ministry they had seen miracles the lame walk the dumb speak the deaf hear the blind see they had seen jesus take time for the lonely the dispossessed and the rejected they had seen jesus with authority drive out demons out of the demon possessed they had seen him walk up to untouchable lepers and wrap his arms around them they had heard his loud and heartfelt intercessory prayers they had seen him speak words of liberation Truth. They had heard him speak and teach and correct about the kingdom of God. They heard the voice that said, This is is my son in whom I am well pleased. For three and a half years, they had heard about his redemptive mission, but never understood it. They had felt his love for them personally. They saw his suffering. They saw his hands nailed to the cross. They saw his feet nailed to, to the cross. They heard him cry out triumphantly, it is finished. They saw the sky grow dark. They saw the tomb where he was buried. But then three and a half days later, he appeared before for them, alive and resurrected and glorious as the Son of the living God. And now Jesus said, You are witnesses of these things. In other words, go and tell others what you've seen, what you've heard, and what you have experienced about me. And that's what we are called to do to tell others about the reality of who Jesus is. We may not have all of the answers but we have an experience that we can share with what Jesus has done for us. It's like that man who was born blind. He's 40 years of age and Jesus heals him. And he can see. And the religious leaders are confounded about about this man because and so they try and discredit him. They they go to the blind man who'd been healed and they say, Tell us, was this man a sinner who healed you? And listen, listen to what he said. John 9, verse number 25. Whether he is a sinner or not. I do not know, but one thing I know, I once was blind, but now I can see. This man's not quite sure how to respond. He doesn't know the hows, he doesn't know the what's, but all he knows is what Jesus has done in his life. And he said, Well, I once was blind, but now I can see. And I want to encourage you in the name of Jesus that you may not have all of the answers to all of the questions that you are asked, but what you can say is this I once used to be in darkness and darkness used to be in me but now I'm in the light and the light is inside of me I once used to be weighed down by a burden of guilt and shame but now Jesus has taken that burden away I once was a nobody going nowhere but now I'm a somebody going somewhere I once had no answers but now I have found who the answer is I once was a slave to sin but Jesus has set me free I once was blind but now I can see that a witness shares the reality of what Jesus has done in their life to whomever, wherever, however. Never underestimate the power of your testimony because that's your experience about what you've seen and heard about Jesus. Let me give you one last story and I'll wrap it up. Back in the uh, late 80s, it might have been the early 1990s, again, when I was a youth pastor, I was preaching one Sunday night at church, and a young man came to church that night called Jim, and Jim was born with cerebral palsy, and so he, he couldn't walk, and he came to church on a motorized wheel, wheelchair. We didn't have the facilities back then for ramps and things, it was, it was before all those days, and so he had to get out of the chair, and he had to crawl into church he had leather patches on his elbows and leather patches on his knees and he came in all fours and he came right down the center aisle and sat down right on the front row he had never been to church before and that night i was preaching about jesus and at the end of my message i wanted to invite people who had never given their life to jesus to put their faith in jesus and be 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 forgiven of their sin and and know him And as I said, if you want to give your life to Jesus tonight, would you please raise up your hand? And out of the corner of my eye, I saw Jim. I didn't know his name then. I saw Jim raise up his hand to give his life to Jesus. And then I invited those people that raised up their hand to come forward so I could pray with them. And I I said, could somebody help our friend to come forward? And as I said that, Jim shook in his seat because he told me later, in 25 years of life, no one had ever called him friend so jim came forward that night and i prayed with him to receive jesus and his life was just changed he knew the joy of god that his his sins were forgiven his life was changed and a few weeks later we invited jim to give his testimony so jim crawled down the front of the church we had a platform like this and he he crawled up on onto the platform and he's So he's kneeling there like this and we gave him the microphone and he brought it around. He said, on the outside, he said, I have cerebral palsy. He said, but on the inside, my spirit is alive. And then he said this. He said, there's coming a day when there's going to be no more cerebral palsy, no more sickness, no more disease. He said, I am going to be whole. And then he said this. If you don't know Jesus, he said, you're the one who's disabled. He said, because you are disabled on the inside. You know, and on that day, almost everyone was just crying as we were hearing this amazing story. Now, could Jim stand up and give us a defense for why we believe in the resurrection of the dead? No. Could Jim at that stage have stood up and said, this is why we believe the Bible is the inspired word of God? No. Jim was standing up and saying the equivalent of, I once was blind, but now I can see. He was saying, I used to be disabled on the inside, but now I'm free and I'm forgiven and I have a hope and I have a future. So I want to encourage you just to learn answers to these three questions that, 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 that are up here. What my life was like before Jesus came in? What happened when Jesus came in? And what difference Jesus has made in my life? I pray that you would begin to craft your story to be able to tell others about the reality of what Jesus has done in you. So a witness is ready to testify anywhere, anytime. So in summary and conclusion today, we've been asking the question on this Resurrection Sunday, what does it mean for us to be a witness of the fact that Jesus is raised from from the dead? What does it mean for us to be a witness? Number one, it means that we must exemplify our faith. I really encourage you today to live authentically as an authentic follower of Jesus. As I mentioned, sometimes being a Christian and being someone who's not a Christian, you can hardly tell any difference at all. I pray that our life cannot be explained unless there is a God, that we would live so radically for Him in terms of our ethics, in terms of our behavior, in terms of our motivation, in terms of our, our work, our attitude. In every way, we would display the life of Jesus. Number two, if we are to be a witness to the resurrection, we must demonstrate our faith through acts of care, compassion, and mercy. Do whatever we can to help the lives of people. Number three, defend our faith. Sometimes it will involve a conversation, talking to people about why we believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And please don't be discouraged if the first time you tell them about Jesus, they, 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 they walk away and call your names. Just keep talking to them. Just keep talking to them. And let the Word of God just begin to work in their heart. And number four, a fourth way that we can be a witness to the resurrection is by sharing our faith, testifying to others about what we have seen, what we've heard, and what we have experienced about Jesus. I don't know about you, He's alive. He's a life giver. He's, he's more important to me than my breath. He's with us. He's a faithful God. I encourage you this, this, this Resurrection Sunday to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to invite the music team to come back and lead us. Thank you.